Welcome to the Raw and Uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Aww, yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. And on today's episode of the Ambitious Podcast, I have my soul sister, my ambitious mentorship client, and all around lovey fucking dovey Lacey Diorio. She is the bomb.com. We're going to get super deep into all of the things she does. She does permanent makeup, which is microblading, eyeliner, blush, lips. What I think is so freaking amazing is areola tattooing. She also does skincare, lashes, permanent jewelry, saline tattoo removal. And she just taught me about this pro cell micro channeling. We're going to get into all of the beauty stuff, but I also want to go really deep on her as an entrepreneur, the great parts, the not so great parts, and everything in between because being ambitious and having a business is so important to me. And I know it is for Lacey as well. So give a big hand and get ready for Lacey Diorio. Lacey, thank you so much for being in my podcast studio today. Thanks for having me. Oh my I'm God. so excited. I'm so pumped. We talked about this because Lacey went to Madeira with us. Mm-hmm. We had the time of our lives. It was unreal. And I was like, bitch, you got to be on the podcast because you are so inspirational and motivational. And we have the best talks about how business can really suck a bag of dick sometimes. And it's not easy, <laughs> right? And everybody thinks it's like so glamorous to own your own business and everything. It's just puppy kisses and rainbows and unicorns. And it's like, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And you're so fucking talented. And I just, I just know that you have so much to say to all of the entrepreneurs out there in ambitious land, especially the ones who are service providers, because the burnout can be real. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that in my kitchen before yeah. you came down to the podcast studio. And People can just be really vampiric. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm making it up. They just want to suck the fucking life out of you. Um, Lacey was telling me the craziest stories in my kitchen today. I hope that we can get into some of them today just for sheer entertainment value so that you out there in a bitches land who are in the service industry don't feel so fucking alone. But um, I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you. I am too. Oh, it's going to be so good. So I want to talk about the fun stuff first, which is everything you do in the service industry. So you've been the owner of Gem Beauty for how many years? So I opened Gem Beauty a little over two years ago. So it was just me as Lacey Michael microblading Yes. Um, starting around six years ago. So yeah, I went to school for aesthetics first and it's been a whole huge journey. And um, it's been quite a ride for sure. <laughs> you ain't kidding, girl. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest thing that inspired you to own your own business? Because we've known each other for a really long time through a mutual friend. And how long have I known you? Probably like 13 or 14 years. Yeah. I mean, Bella's 13. So it was right around the time that you had your daughter. Yeah, somewhere around there. It's, I can't really remember, but it's definitely been over 10 years. Yeah, I know that for a fact. So we've known each other for a really long time. And you were actually always in the service industry. You were in like the food and beverage yes. industry. That's how like when I remember you back in the day when we were youngins bartending and our pubic and- hair wasn't white yet. <laughs> <laughs> you were bartending at one of my favorite places. Yep. And then 
when you were bartending, were you also like, what the fuck am I doing here? I want to. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. It got to a point where I I was like, this cannot be what my life is. I there were some good things about it. I feel like there's always a silver lining and everything. Yes. Um, I bought my first house with your that bartending money. money. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Um, but I mean that served its purpose, and you have to like recognize when the time is up. You know, yep. and I was feeling the itch. I'm like, I have to do something, and I always wanted to go to school for aesthetics. And it kind of wasn't really what my dad, for example, wanted me to go of course. to do. What did your dad want you to do? I wanted. I, I love mean, to hear these stories. Specific, but more, he wanted me the, you know, some type of office job where I got, you know, matching four hundred one k and all those, all those great things. Which yes, I totally get from a parent standpoint. Right. But I don't know. I I never liked sitting in a in a space where I can't really move. Yes. And like talk to people. Yes. Kind of like you're just behind a desk. So that was that wasn't going to be for me, and I couldn't really think of what I really wanted to do. I went to school for journalism. Wow, I didn't um, know that. I used to really like to write, but I like to write as an outlet. I didn't yes. really, you know what I mean. You didn't want to do it for a job. No, 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 no. <laughs> and have people like, "This is your deadline to get this thing no, for me." I actually hated it so much. Uh, even you know, for the assignments and stuff like that, I didn't feel like even if it was something creative like a poetry class. Yeah, I hated that it was like forced to have some sort of inspiration when I wasn't way. feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because you're you're a creative yes. and you're an artist, even though you're not, you don't have a canvas of like an oil painting, but you use people's faces and their bodies as your yeah. artwork. So, and you're like me too. I see myself so much in you, where you're just like, I don't want fucking people telling me what to do. That that was also it. But <laughs> when I was in high school, all my like extra classes I took were you know photography, portrait painting, um, pottery. Yeah, you know, all using that your hands. Yeah, even the cooking classes. I loved anything that was creative, but I couldn't think of at the time what was going to be my thing. Right. So I did go to college, had a great time, met some of my favorite friends ever. Um, nothing is wasted there, but um, bartending, waitressing also, like I said, served its purpose. But well, because you can make your own hours and yeah, you had like I leniency. Had a great schedule. Mm-hmm. I really did, but I dropped my favorite shift, like my favorite, most money making, best shift. To, it was like the sacrifice I made to go to school for aesthetics. Wow. And um, I was 30 when I went back to school. Holy shit. That's amazing. Because most people say like, oh, I'm too old to go back to school. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Even though 30 is not old, but to young people, that seems older. Yeah. 30 or 31. I'm wow. forgetting the math. But anyways, it was older, right? Yeah. And... um. When I finally went to school, it was like everything was starting to fall into place. I like I knew it was like that was the sign that you were in the, that I was in the right place. Yes. So it was like the dominoes were all kind of yeah falling, flowing, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the way it should. And, and you're a single mom too. Yes. So you're a single mom. You're 30 years old. You're like fuck it. I'm gonna go back to school and I'm gonna learn this thing. Mm-hmm. And did you know when you were in aesthetic school that you're like I'm gonna be this boss ass bitch and I'm gonna fucking own my own business? Um, actually, I. Yes. You knew. I know. I love that. <laughs> Fucking tell me, girl. Don't be humble, child. Yeah. So um, I I don't even know how to describe it. I had this like fire in me. I just, Oof. I was like not taking no for an answer. It was not, I was not going to not be successful. And um, it was like manifesting, but just like also just a knowing like there's, there's no way I'm going to not succeed at this. Ooh, that's fucking yes. powerful. And that's even, powerful. It was on like my second day of school in aesthetics and I, and I did, um, a facial, which I don't know if that's super fast because it wasn't um, the typical school that every, like the common school that everybody goes to. I yes. went to a different school, and they were all like, "Oh, did you come from another school? 
or what? And it was just like, I just like knew what to do. Like my, I let myself kind of intuitively. Ooh, you're giving me chills, Lacey. I know. And I still love skincare, but that's where it started. So my passion was, you know, I wanted to make people feel better, look better, but also I want to like what I did. And I also want to work with my hands. I like to talk to people. Yes. Some facials and things. You can't always talk to people. Right. um, That's where it started. And then um, when I left, I mean, I was hearing about microblading. Right. Because that this is like a newer thing. I was like one of the first people back in the day to get my eyebrows microbladed. This Mm -hmm. is like talking years ago in Boston. And it's so funny to think that now it's like everybody, everyone has it. I know. So when I was hearing about it, it was just starting to kind of take off more. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had been going around in Boston for a little bit, but it wasn't like super, super what it is now. Yes. Um, So it actually was marketed in a way where I... It seemed like not as hard as what it is because it is. It is so. I don't know how you do learn. it. You're freaking amazing, dude. Oh, thank you. But um, I well, again, when I took that class, I was like, I am not gonna not succeed at this. It was when I took the class, I realized how it wasn't just like a skin service you could learn in a day and do the next day. Right. You had to really practice yes. and work at it on fake skin. Um, and there's so much to learn. Even now, six years or so in, I'm still, there's still always something to learn and yes. improve on. You can never not uh, improve your skill. So that's one one of my big pieces of advice is never think that even if you feel like you are, you know, advanced in your technique and your skill, you, there's always something more to learn. 100%. And when you stop learning, you stop growing. 100%. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I think is really amazing is when you said the intuitiveness that like really sparked my mind when you said that because like you didn't know what the hell you were doing but you just like let that like divine energy kind of flow through you like going with the current kind of thing yeah that's so huge deciding my career path and going taking that step forward to go to school for aesthetics first I just um I just knew that that was where I I had to be and even though it was really scary for me I put it off for probably a year before that too because I had to to make it work and to go full time and to really, I didn't want to take my time. I wanted to get it. Yeah, you wanted to go zero to 100. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I had to drop my favorite shift, like I said. And that was a lot of, as a single mom too, that was a lot of money to lose in a month. Yes. That I was not making it up. If, if anything, I was spending money on yes. schooling. Yes. So that was part of the fire and I'm, this is happening. There's no way I'm not going to make this happen. And that's another thing too that also made me like when you were saying it gave me like goosebumps all over my body where you're like, there was like this fire. Like Mm -hmm. I was just like so driven in my veins. I can't even describe it. It was just, but that's how, you know, and this is what I talk about all the time on the ambitious app and to all the girls I coach. It's like, that's how, you know, like shit is right. Mm -hmm. When you get that feeling throughout your body and you never tire. Like I remember opening my studio years and years and years ago and being like working 16, 17, 18 hour days and just never getting tired because I was like that fire was just burning well, inside of me. That's how it was for me for a long time. And then you don't even feel or see the burnout sneaking up. <laughs> oh, I can't so wait to like, talk about this, dude. Yes. And so that was another real thing that has happened to me in my career. And it's like walking through sludge. Ugh. That's the only way I can kind of... Isn't it crazy though to like think of yourself back then, right? You're like, I'm on fire. I'm all yes. these things. And all of a sudden you like get so deep into your work yeah. that you just kind of give so much of yourself in so many different mm-hmm. ways. That's what I mean. And no one teaches us, like we talk about this all the time, you and I, is like, no one taught me, and I'm sure that the same thing with you, is like, no one was like, okay, so when you're a businesswoman, you know, you're going to have to have these types of boundaries, you're going to have to do these certain yeah. things, you're going to have to act like this and be like this. Like, I didn't have that from my 
family. And I didn't have when back in the day, now I have coaches and mentors and all that stuff. But back in the day, there was like no coaches and mentors like being like, yo, you're going to burn the fuck out and you're going to hate what you do. And not that I think you hate what you do, but I started hating what I was doing. Well, you start to feel like instead of being the boss of your and like in control of your day to day and your schedule, you start to feel almost like a slave to it. Yes. And that's, that's not a good feeling. And I, and I love what I do, but then when you feel like you're even by your own hand, forcing yourself to be there every single day, yes. at these crazy hours, Yes, you know, but it was, it was also hard to say no. And then as we see with COVID right. what happened, shutting down for three months or so and in a blink of an eye, it's almost like validated. Well, that's why I work so hard. Cause see, see what could happen. But at the same time, also, the other side of things is you have to take some time for yourself because that that's what I wasn't doing. I was making everyone else look better and enhance them and like, you know, all of that. And then I was like not doing anything for myself, not yes. getting a massage for my neck, which I desperately needed. Oh, my God. Yes. Not getting my hair done as often as I could have. And those right. are just some of those shallow things. But even like working out the way I used to. Mm-hmm. So I used to. Um, hey, you were like a maniac in the five, gym. Five, six miles a day, no matter what. Meal prepped. Yep. Wrote all my meal plans. Did all I know that what, stuff. I knew what to do. It was just like I had no energy for it. So when do you think that the burnout actually started? Like, do you remember um, like a, t- a moment in your life where you're just like, oh my God, this is when it really started popping off? Because I'm sure the first couple of years of your business, you were just like so excited to be doing what you were doing. And then something had to start to kind of break down and degenerate the way you were feeling. You know, actually, that's hard for me to pinpoint where. I, I just remember in the beginning feeling like I didn't want to say no to potential clients because I was starting a new business. Right. And I didn't want to, I want to take advantage of that. Of course, I didn't want to lose any business. And with what we do, if somebody goes somewhere else, it's kind of like you do lose the client. Of course. I mean, obviously they can come to you another time, but that's complicated with yes. this previous pigment. Yes. It's not like hair and nails where. Right. Cause no we deal. had that problem because when I came to you, we, we were talking in Portugal and I was like, okay, when I get back from Portugal, you got to do my brows because I had had my brows done the first time by one person mm-hmm. and then another time by someone else. And then like, if you looked at me up close, I had like orange coloration that I had kind of like grayish bluish d- discoloration. And you're like, yeah, that's because this person used this certain pigment and then it faded and this person used this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then it makes your job, even though you did a phenomenal job on my brows, it makes your job more complicated. So you're like, fuck. It does. It's not as simple as people think as doing a touch up no. or, or um, you know, fixing something. Yes. I, I think people just don't realize. Um, but then, well, then I started to make some changes uh, I started making slow boundaries yes. where I was like, okay, I'm not going to work every single Saturday anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do every other Saturday and they're only going to be on the Saturdays that I don't have your daughter. Yes. Yes. Um, and I wasn't going to work late on the nights that I had my daughter and my parents have been great in, in that. Yeah. You have a good support system. Yes. But I mean, I didn't want to miss out anymore on certain things, you know, mm-hmm. on the Saturdays mm-hmm. where we could be doing stuff. Right. Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint where it started because it all of a sudden just seemed I was there. Do you think it was like a gradual thing yes. and then all of a sudden it got too much and yes. you were just like, fuck. Yep. Mm-hmm. What What did you feel when you were burnt out? Do you have like a description? Because I know what I know what I felt when I was really super burnt out. Yeah, like even getting up in the morning, you're like, fuck. Yeah, there was some, <laughs> there were some dark times actually. Yes, yes. Um, 
Don't mean to get too heavy, but yeah. no, this is this is real shit, girl. Because I have so many people that I coach in the service industry, and they all have the same story where they're just like, I just you know what the thought of doing the work made you like, ugh. Well, I felt like I started to I you know what when I was at work, we'd have all these conversations, and that's one one of the things I love about my job is meeting people and we chat about like all sorts of things, yeah. and make connections, and um, I love that part, um, but. My personality was for work. And when I got home, I had none. I had none left for friends, family, my daughter. I was just like dead weight. Yes. Um, Which is not fair because they're the people that actually should get your best. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm the same way. I would give a million percent to my clients. I'd be like the fucking dancing monkey, like put it on a big show all day. Yeah. And then when I would get home, I would just like be so depressed or I'd be so burnt out. And then like Matt would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I would be like, fuck you. Like I was just like such a resentful human. Well, I think also when I started having less personality for even my clients, that's when I was <laughs> That's like, when okay. you're like, shit. Because by the way, you're the funniest motherfucker. Like we had so many, we have so many good laughs together. We had so many good laughs in Portugal. Even just today up in my kitchen, we were shooting this shit. We're just like laughing and like making all these jokes. So to know that you were at a place where you're like, just my personality was just sucked out of me that I can't see you that way. Yeah. And I felt like it was like being in a sandpit trying to dig yourself out of Ooh, it. That's so hard, man. Yeah. That is so fucking hard. And honestly, it's it takes longer to get out of burnout than it does to get in. And even sometimes I still feel like I'm, I struggle with it. I'm not going to lie to you. This, there's still oh, some days. Same bitch. Same. If yeah. people say that they don't struggle, if they're, if you are a thriving service provider, I don't care how much self-care you give yourself and all the things you do and your boundaries, whatever, you're going to still have those not so fresh days. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I have those not so fresh days, I, it's a red flag to me to be like, okay, you're, you're getting yourself back into that hypnotic rhythm. You need to pull the fuck back. That's when I'll take like a mental health day or like you said, go get a massage, go do some self-care, go work out, you know, plan your meals. Just anything that you can feel like, I don't know if this is for you, if you feel this way, but like anything that you can feel like you have a semblance of control helps me feel better. And to reset yourself, whatever that may be, some people it's physical How how do you do it? Like nails and hair. Um, Honestly, I really love being outside, walking, Nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's always been. Mm -hmm. Travel too. Yes. Do you know that, um, so before I went to Portugal with you, um, in March, I went to Puerto Rico for a week with my family. So my brother turned 50 and I turned 38. Uh, Our birthdays are side by side. So that was my first seven day, like week long vacation in I can't even tell you when. Stop. It could have, it's at least six years, but it could have been closer to eight years, maybe nine years. I don't even know. Yes, because the most I would give myself was three days. Like I took, I remember I went to, uh, I think Bermuda for three days. That's it. Three days. Were you like, that's that's crazy. Yes. That was like all I could (laughs) allow myself. I'm like, I can't, because I would get anxiety even giving myself a break. Yes. You get so, your homeostasis becomes work, work, work. That's it. And then so when you're not doing that, you're like, um, you feel like you're a piece of shit for not Oh my God, dude. Working. You're you're triggering me right now because I remember when I had when I was at, in Wellesley at Katie Boyd's Miss Fit Club, remember, back in the Dizzle, right? And I had not gone on a vacation for so many years, right? I hadn't gone anywhere for so many years because I was work just like you, working on building the business, hustling, busting yeah. my ass, whatever. And I remember I met Matt and he was like, hey, you know, we just started getting serious. And he's like, I want to take you to Puerto Rico, which is exactly where you went. Oh my God, this is so crazy. This is like full circle moment. 
uh, you went to the El Conquistador, place. right? Yes. In, in Fajardo, yes. in Portugal. I'm in Portugal, in Puerto Rico. And he's like, I want to take you to this place. I love it here. You're going to love it. It's going to be so good for you. And I remember like being like, I can't go on vacation. I can't leave my clients. I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I finally, he, because he's a little manipulator. So he like talked me into it. And I went and I remember getting off the plane and I was shaking and I started crying. And he was like, what's wrong with you? Are you not happy? And I'm like, I don't even know how to act. Yes. Oh my God. That's that's how I I go, too. I don't even know how to act. Like even when I was like on the beach or whatever, like there's so much stuff to do in Puerto Rico. It's so beautiful. It's such an amazing experience. I would be like texting my clients, texting my employees. Is everything okay? He goes, dude. Did miss something? Yeah. He's like, Katie, fuck off. And I just could not. And I was like that. Honestly, Lacey, I'll be totally truthful with you. I was like that probably for like six years in the first part of my relationship with Matt. Like I remember being in Hawaii, which is like six hours behind us in the, you know, the Northeast and getting up early and, you know, doing lives and checking with all my clients. Like, and Matt's like, do you want to go have breakfast? Let's go to the beach. And I was like, I can't, I just have a couple more things to do. And he's like, we're on vacation. I was, you know what it is? I think it's like, we worked so hard to get ourselves to where we were. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this scarcity like lack mindset or like not enough like if we're not like in it all the time like our clients aren't going to love us anymore or we're going to like lose money or whatever which none of that is true because if it's meant for you it will be for you Mm -hmm. but we weren't raised like that and we don't no one taught us that shit so all the things that we're learning now as adults we had to like advocate for and learn and ourselves or work with mentors or coaches that were like what are you doing dude you're burning your fucking self out you know that's why it was so cool to work with you as a service provider as a you know in our mentorship program because I listen to the things you say and I'm like in my head I'm like oh Lacey that's not good like you're not using your voice you had to tell these people fuck off and you're like I don't know I'm scared and I've never done that before and Lacey was just up in my kitchen she's like I'm just telling everybody off now I don't give a fuck and I'm like yeah because that's where you have to get you almost have to like let the pendulum swing so far to the other side and then once you like you'll start to calm down a little bit and you'll start to feel like better about using your voice in a different way but I was the same exact way I went like off the fucking deep end because I felt like so like liberated because I was like oh my god I'm keeping myself this way too that you let go tell me tell me what are this what are some things well just the way um you know, the way people speak to you or, you know, they just expect certain things from you. And I don't know, I get, I get. Do you feel like the, the like people have expected certain things for you because in the past, maybe you gave it to them? Maybe, or I just didn't speak up and say that that bothered me. Yes. So or, people will say something to you, it'll bother you, but you'll kind of sweep it under the rug. Yeah. You're not a, con- you're to, to not a not, really confrontational yeah, person. Everything is cool with whoever it is. It could be uh, someone in business, someone in my personal life. Yeah. And I don't know when you say actually that something bothers you, sometimes people get offended that you're offended. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, um, then they turn it around. Like you're the one who's the problem. And right. It's like, uh, right. This is a you thing. This is not a me thing, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. Oh, that happens all the time because I think what happens too, and this has happened to me too in my business is like you were acting a certain way for so long and then you start to put your feet down and like establish these boundaries because you're like, if I don't do this, I'm going to end up dead. I mean, I know that we've had this conversation before where it's just like, I got to the place in my business where it's like, I was like suicidal. Like, I'm like, I don't even want to live like this. Like if this is what, if this is what having a business is being controlled 24 seven and feeling like never enough and whatever, I don't, this isn't for me. And I mean that like this like world, this life that I've made for myself. Yeah. And and I don't want people to be confused as in, in like when you say things like that. And cause I, I understand totally how that feels. 
um, that that means like you don't like your job or you don't want more no, clients. You, no, I, I love I, what I do. Putting in the right boundaries and sticking to it and having people know that you're serious about it. Yeah. And it know? takes, but it takes time because the people who have never had the boundaries with you are like, oh, she's just going through a thing. She's just being a bitch today. Like, whatever. She'll be over it tomorrow. But then when you keep showing up as that new person, they're like, oh, shit, this bitch is really serious. Like, this isn't no more fun and games with Lacey anymore. Because, I mean, it is, it's not that these people are bad people that you have to put the boundaries up with. They, it's just human nature. People are going to take what they can take and they're going to get what they want. Yeah. regardless of how it makes you feel. So we as like the HBICs or the ambitious women have to be like, no, like this is my, I know that I never had this boundary before, but this is my new boundary. And if you can't abide by it, maybe it's time for you to, whether it's an employee or a client or a family member or a relationship or a friend, it's like, maybe it's time for us to part ways. And, you know, not all relationships are forever relationships. That's true. That's a hard thing too, right? Because you're like, oh, I've been friends with this person for so many years or I've had this client for so many years. And it's like, sometimes like that person was attracted to you because it was the old version of you. Right. And that's like that in everything. But when it's in business, I think of some of the clients, I don't know if this is ever, you ever think of this, but I think of some of the clients that I used to attract back in the day compared to who I attract now as clients. And it's like night and day, the people and the quality. Do you feel like that too? Yeah. I mean, and even still though, um, it just having that confidence to kind of assert yourself in the way that you want to be represented and yeah. seen as. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest thing for you as a business owner in the service industry? I'm sure there's plenty of things, but like if you could name a couple of things, like what are the hardest things that you go through as a business owner? Well, <clears throat> I still struggle with, um, like time management for sure. Yeah. Um, and even like, say if I have the time to take a client, like say if I, at nighttime, I used to do this all the time. I'm like, okay, well, I probably could go back in for like 6.30. And then I remind myself like, no, that's, you don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Like, like, let's go to the gym. Let's make dinner. Like, let's do something else. Right. So you would squeeze clients in at the end of the day. I would yeah. do the same exact yeah. thing. People would be like, you don't have anything. And I would be like, well, I just won't eat again today. And I yes. just won't. There was a point in time where I was, um, I was working 21 days on and two days off. Oh, you sick fuck. And they were like eight to 12 hour days. Yeah. Um, yep. long, long days. And at, but I was like, well, that means I'm successful, right? You know, that I have the demand, yes. but I wasn't putting in any boundaries. I was completely not meal prepping anymore, not working any out. I didn't have even the energy. I Could I have worked Push. out at nine o'clock at night, I suppose, but I, there was. Yeah, no you were just dead by the any. end of that. That was the same way. I mean, I was a trainer. And I wouldn't even work my own self out because I would be like, if I stay in this fucking gym for one more hour, I'm going to lose it. All the energy into other people. Yes. And that's what I was doing too. Yeah. Um, and all my clients looked like fucking, you know, Victoria's Secret models. And I was over here like, hey, you want to get some fucking Chipotle and drink a bottle of boxed wine or whatever? <laughs> like that was my life, you know, for when I was in my 20s. Yeah. And back then we could do that shit because, you know, you can abuse the fuck out of your body in, the, in your 20s. And you oh never God, gain weight. There's no possible way now. Yeah. After 30, you're like, what the fuck is this? I, I don't even actually really even like drinking much anymore. Me neither. Like it's it started off actually relating to work where I was like, OK, I cannot have a hangover and like tattoo somebody's no, eyebrows. No, it's like not <laughs> how this can go. Right. Um, but then I um, I just liked not I didn't I don't need it. I don't feel like I need it. Yep. 
yeah. anymore. Did you used to use alcohol as like an outlet? Oh, when I was younger, 100%. Yeah, me too. It was like the only way I could like break my shyness. Yes. For a long time. Yes, yes. I'm not a shy person, but I have a lot of social anxiety. So the alcohol would just like calm me down a little bit so I could actually act like somewhat of a normal human being. Well, you know what? Um, so I remember in high school, you know, when you walk in the hallways and people are on opposite sides, like kind of like a road. Yes, yes. And I couldn't stand people even like looking at me. I'm like, why, why are they looking when at me? When you walked by them? Yes, I was so shy. <laughs> and then when I went to college... Um, I was getting a job. That was when I first started waitressing. Yes. And I remember my mom was like, you know, I don't know if you're going to like that. You have to like talk to people because I did not like to talk to people that it, like didn't know to start but conversations. Maybe that broke you though out of your oh, shyness. It did. But then still like freshman year of college, like everybody else, you start drinking with people and you start all of a sudden, hey, we're in the same class. You know, you start like opening up a little bit yes. and they, then you kind of get used to needing that a little bit. Oh, um, 100%. I, I have a lot of friends who are like professional comedians oh and they God. had, a, you know, they don't drink anymore, but they did back in the day. And they were like, I was so petrified to stop drinking before I would go out on stage because that's how, like, I thought like I wouldn't be funny anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that same energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get girl. I get, I was but, so afraid to stop drinking. I mean, but then, I mean, when I waitress and bartended, I didn't drink at right, work. I wrote, right. Of course, we did sometimes. Yeah, guess, but have a couple shots here and there. Um, not really though. But so over time, it got easier. Yes, you know, and yes. then not having alcohol in my life at all, pretty much helped you. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I need it to. That's awesome. But it took a long time to get there. Yeah, same thing for me. All right. So the so the you said the boundaries thing is the one of the hardest mm-hmm. things. What about working like people? Because you have how many girls work for you right now? So I have two girls. Um who are doing permanent makeup. And then I have um, four apprentices. Awesome. And I have um, another girl who does skin. Yes. As well. Is Do you feel like that can be hard to like to manage people? Yeah, it is because everybody's got their own expectations and, and et cetera. And especially when people are new, they don't know how things go. And yeah. Um, and then managing time for them as well. Right, so you're but, like, I'm I'm having a problem with my own motherfucking time management, and now I have to help them with their time management yeah, too. But it's also um, putting in place like how thing how you want your business to go, and sometimes people have their own mind on how they want things to go, but right. they they don't realize that you're doing them a service by apprenticing them and all that stuff, you know. So it's a it's a tough. It thing. is. It is. You want them. You want to be f- friends at the same time. You want to lead them to you know, success as well, but you don't want people just taking from you yes, either. Yes. Um, so that's been a learning curve for me too. Like I give whatever I can, but I don't want, you know, nobody wants to be taken advantage no, of either. No, of course so. not. I, I, when you were talking to me about like, you know, how you have all these girls working for you, I was having all these flashbacks of like when I had my gym and I had all these girls working for me and I would walk in on a Sunday, you know, I, cause I tried to like, like you did, like, okay, I'm not going to work Sundays anymore. I'm yeah. going to like start taking like six, I'll work six days, not seven days. And I remember going in on a Sunday once because I had left my, um, my planner because I used to use like an old day planner you know, back yes. in the day before we all had iPhones and stuff. And one of my employees was in my office with her feet up on my desk, fucking wasted with a 40 ounce no. of malt liquor in a paper bag, smoking weed in my fucking gym. I swear to God, like when I walked in, it was like she shat her pants, like saw a ghost. (gasps) And I remember like just being like, hey, girl, and like leaving and getting in my car and being being like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And you didn't say anything? No, because I was like, 
oh my God, like if I say something to her, then she can't cover some shifts for me. And like, what if I don't, you know, so it was always that fine line of like. So being the too cool. Yes. Because I always wanted to be the cool boss, right? I always wanted to be the boss. It's like, take everybody out for lunch and pay for everybody's shit and buy them gifts. And, and like, I just want, I, because I never had that before, but then that comes with problems too, right? Because now this broad is in my fucking office hammered with a 40. Can you fucking believe this shit? I know you have amazing employees. I had some fucking crazy ass shit. Yeah. But I wanted to be the cool boss, you know? And it's like, and you want to, you didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to rock the boat for, cause I didn't want to hurt her feelings. Cause she was actually at that moment going through something too. And that's another thing too. You like when you empathy for other people, but then yes, when you know too much about people's home lives and all this stuff, because you also want to have this sense of community with all the girls that you work with. It's such a fucking hard. It's so hard. I don't care. Anybody that's listening to this out there that either is going into the service industry or already is established in the service industry, I know that everyone out there is listening to this wherever they are and they're shaking their heads like, yes, it sucks. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to be the cool, understanding boss slash friend, but also be the actual in charge boss. Oh, 100%. My grandmother always used to say to me when I was younger and I first started out in the industry, she would always say to me, you know, Katie, heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know, it's like not easy to be the fucking leader because you have to sometimes be a CNX Tuesday or you have to be super assertive. And, you know, and this is where kind of like ambitious came from, too, because it's like you start to have your boundaries and you start to be tougher because you're like, dude, I worked my ass off for this business and I'm not going to let people ruin it, whether it's clients or people that work for me or whatever. And then, you know, they're going to call you a bitch. I will say it was a whole different dynamic going from being a solo entrepreneur to opening a place with multiple artists, yes. It- <laughs> oh, God. It comes with its own set of problems, right? Oh so in your gosh. head as a businesswoman, you're like, okay, I'm going to open this bigger place. I'm going to give more services. I'm going to do all these different things, blah, 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 blah. But then almost sometimes I remember, and I don't know if you ever feel like this, and I'm sure you do, where I used to lay in bed at night and be like, why did I want this big business? I was just so much better off sometimes just by myself because I all I had to worry about was me. And then like, you know, during COVID, right, you're like worried about are the girls paying their bills? Are they okay? And you know, I I went through the same thing with my company and my husband's company during it too. Like, it's like, it's not just about worrying about your damn self anymore. It's about worrying about all these other women and all of their lives too. It's not easy. Yeah. And everything at you as the owner falls down on you, all the responsibility and et cetera. Yes. And like when you were talking to me the other day in our one-on-one about the guy that was coming in about this, the, was it like a sink in the, yeah, the sink. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tell the sink story, dude. It's such a good fucking story. Well, I, so when I opened, um, my business, I, well, before I opened, I made sure to double, triple, quadruple, cross my T's, dot my I's, yes. and get everything in order. Um, I'm a big stickler for doing things the right way. No, you are. You totally are. And so I asked permission for this portable sink because for the main room because um, it was going to be really difficult to plumb there. And I was told that it was, you know, they possibly might have to dig up trenches this is like the sec- or whatever. Isn't this like the sexiest thing to talk about, Lacey? Oh, so it's like hot. everybody's like, oh, yeah, being a business owner, you're like, they couldn't plumb. They couldn't plumb water. So, fucking room. So I, I got mean, come permission. On. And it was right after COVID, though. So, like, now, well, I'll get to that in a second. But I think what was happening is that I was doing the right things, but the inspector wasn't getting the right answers. Yes. And so, anyways, I was allowed to use it. 
two years now. He's retired. Yes. So you would think I'd be grandfathered into whatever, right? Nope. Nope. New inspectors. They're like, that thing's got to go. And I'm like, what do you mean? I've had this for two You're years. like, but but Joe Schmo over here said it was fine. Yeah. So we did come to an agreement. We we are we are coming to an agreement on some other things, but I, I am gonna get a, a new sink. But, but it, it was gonna it was gonna cost you like twenty G's to put this to rip everything up and do all this shit. Like Well the plumbing inspector came back and he's like, It shouldn't be what you know, if somebody's telling you that you gotta dig up the floor, they're probably being a scumbag. Yeah. Um totally. So, but that's also always a but fear. But also, that's what I was thinking when I'm hearing this stuff, the potential of that. They're not sh- quite sure if they would have to do that. I'm like, what? That could cost me mm-hmm. so much money. Mm-hmm. And so, again, <laughs> this is all my responsibility. <laughs> I remember when um, Matt was doing the gym over because where we have our martial arts studio in Katie Boy's Misfit Club, it used to be a panini gelato restaurant. Okay? Yep. I know, delicious. They left all that. They left all their shit in the place. Like there was just like buckets of gelato and all kinds of shit like left behind. But I remember Matt had to spend seventy five thousand dollars on a fucking beam, just a fucking beam to put in the middle of the of the roof because where they had. Um, built the stairs staircase. The staircase was like right in the middle of the dojo downstairs, and it was like holding the whole fucking structure up. Oh and Matt's like, I can't have a fucking staircase in the middle of my dojo. And there, and so the architect was like, Yeah, well, you're gonna have to get this steel beam. And they had to take the friggin' roof off, put the fucking beam down with like this big crane, and it was seventy five thousand dollars just for this one piece of nothing. I'm like in my head, I'm like, Do you know what I could fucking do with seventy five G's? Like. But this is the shit that people don't talk about in business, like ripping up the floor, the fucking sinks, the inspectors coming in, a $75,000 beam. Like everyone just thinks like everything is just like, I'm just going to do this thing. It's going to, everything's going to work out. It's like, no, dude, this is no, but the rewards are so incredible down the road. But you know, it's like in the moment, you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Was I smoking crack when I wanted to open this business? But like, I would, I would rather, and I know you feel the same way. I would rather work for myself all the motherfucking day than be working, you know, for some other person, you know? No, I love it. It, it, It's, it's like you have to take the good with the bad. That's the thing. And that's just how life is. hundred percent. hundred percent. But I also think, you know, there've been a couple little rocky bumps like that. But if you're focusing just on that, then all you're going to see is that. Yes. That's what you're going to, that's what you're going to attract. Yes. It's a huge thing too. And I, like I said before about the silver linings, like I'm a huge believer in a silver lining. Yeah. So, and also if you're facing, like, you know how I told you how in the beginning when I went to school, how um, everything was just flowing. It was like, you know, going with the flow of a current, you know what I mean? Everything was just falling to place like dominoes. But if you're finding resistance, that means something, whatever you believe in, you know, God, or if it's just the universe, spiritual, you know, things like that, that there's, they're telling you there's something that you have to pivot and change. That's right. Now it may not be your entire career. It may right. not be something huge like that, but it's like there is something that needs to change and yes. you need to pinpoint that and you need to follow with that. But don't you think so many people just go, Oh, I'm just, that, that's not, that's not really a sign. Push it as, pu- yeah. They yeah, push it push aside. aside yeah. Have you ever done that before? Cause I've done that a million times oh, yeah. in my business. Oh yeah. Gut feelings, things like that. that you like, you're like, don't feel quite right about this, that, or this person. And you still go through with it. And then you're like, and then, then hindsight, you're like, oh my God. You're like, I fucking knew. Yeah. I knew from day one and I just pushed down my intuition. That's why it's so important to 
really hone your intuition as a woman because I don't know about you, but like I know from the jump, I can look at a person and I can feel, is this person a good person? Is this person out for the wrong, you know, want to be friends with me or whatever, do business with me for the wrong reasons? I can feel it. And when I was younger, I always would be like, because I remember my mother and my grandmother being like, don't judge a book by its cover. You give everybody the benefit of the doubt, right? And then, like, that's what you think. You're like, I'm a bad person if I don't trust people. But the truth of the fucking matter is, is, like, you feel it inside of yourself, but you have just been brainwashed by old programming to, like, trust everybody. And it's like, you yeah, can't trust everybody. I felt that feeling, and I was like, no, I'm overthinking it. <laughs> Never. I've always found out the hard way. Yes, yes. Do you think it's hard, difficult, etc. To be in a service industry, and do you feel like? Let me let me rephrase this question. When you have people in your life, like friends, family members, you know, other people that are close to you, do you feel like sometimes people, because you're in the service industry, could try to take advantage of you because of who you are can, with them in a relationship? Oh, definitely. Um, like people expect a lot out of you when it comes to um, time. Like if somebody just thinks nonchalantly they're just going to show up late or or not show up to their appointment and think it's no big deal when like you just miss out and they're like oh I'm so you know that's a, that's a big deal to me no matter yes. who it is but yes. especially if it's somebody I know I'm like come on the bare minimum is respecting somebody's time 100% like when I went to get my eyebrows my uh, microbladed like what a couple months ago mm-hmm. um I remember like okay I get there and of course we're like oh I miss you. I haven't seen you since Portugal, blah, blah, blah. And then you have me fill out all that paperwork, which is extensive, right? Mm-hmm. It's extensive, which it should be because you're, you know, what you're doing is really serious, right? So all the paperwork. Then I never, I don't remember getting this done back in the day. I probably fucking didn't, which is why you are better at th- this than most, right? But you take that thing and, you know, you, you measure my face and you make everything perfect, right? That takes just like 30 minutes just fucking making the little marks on my face to make sure that my eyebrows look good, right? Yeah, that's a huge part. Like people don't understand like how long the service that you're doing takes. So if someone's 20, 30 minutes late for your service, that what the fuck do you do? Yeah, because then some like that's why the appointment has to be canceled because you can't be rushing on that on tattooing someone's face. And by the way, when you sign up with you to get your service, the paperwork that you send virtually is so on point, which I want, I did want to tell you that, but I'll I'll just tell you that right now on the podcast. (laughs) I was like, so fucking impressed. I was like, this bitch is fucking on point. Like your paperwork is amazing. You give such detailed, like, don't do this. Don't do this. Please do this. Don't do this. Blah, blah, blah. Like the fact that people will, you know, show up 30 minutes late knowing that what has to go into this, right? Mm-hmm. Or we were talking about how someone was like, oh, I'm going to Hawaii next week. And you're like, what do you mean you're going to Hawaii next week? You can't go on the fucking sun, bitch. I remember one day I was walking on the treadmill on my Instagram story and I was going literally 2.3 miles an hour. I was like, <laughs> it was like a mall walk. And Lacey's texting me, you bitch, you better not sweat. I'll fucking kill you. And I was like, this girl cares so much about what she does. Like I was so impressed. And of course so I was funny. like, mom, I'm not sweating. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm like, watch out. You're like, don't do it, I'll kill you. But I'm like, how can people not read that? And like, really, like, you're going to tattoo your fucking face, dude. And then some people who completely don't read the email at all, and they'll show up with their coffee in hand. And and, and, (laughs) oh my God, you're not supposed to have caffeine. And I'm like, um, and like, yeah. I didn't drink before. I didn't have coffee. I freaking hydrate. I did everything to the T because I was like, you know, this is, it's permanent, right? 
it's not like you're tattooing. Like, I'm not like fucking, you know, uh, Mike Tyson, you're going to tattoo a fucking whole tattoo on my face. Okay, that's not what it is, right? But it's like, I took that shit very seriously. I just can't believe that people just roll up oh, like, know. you know, you're going to tattoo my fucking face, my eyes, my lips, my this, my that, you, you know? I how many people just don't read any of it. And I... And- you know, so I have it in like three different places because I'm like, they can't miss it, right? Oh, dude, they, they do this. <laughs> my shit's not as, as serious as your shit and they still don't fucking read anything. You know, like when people join the app, they'll be texting me like, should I have gotten an email? I'm like, yes, read the fucking thing. You know what I mean? I, mean, I laugh now over it, I but mean, Jesus. I'm guilty of being a little spacey sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah, but I love you. So I'll, I'll deal with it. Oh my God. I want to uh, shift gears for a second because. One of the things we were having this amazing conversation um, when we were at the bar that night in Madeira. We were on that roof deck yes. o- overlooking all of downtown Madeira. And we were having a cocktail. And we were fucking pissing ourselves laughing because we, we were just full of jokes that <laughs> night. <laughs> and you were showing me pictures of you tattooing these women's areolas. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. blown away by the artistry. And just the incredibleness of like, it was just, even like my husband was like, what the, you are so talented. And you know, Matt, he's like, I don't get it. What what is this? You know, men, (laughs) what made you get into that? Like, what was the burning kind of desire to help? Well, I've been wanting to do that for a while. It was just, I didn't have time in my schedule to go away for a training. So yeah. What is the training like for that? It's extensive, right? Well, there are usually a few days and, um, but then, and you get models and stuff like that, but then you you practice on your own. So they're considered advanced training. So, so most of these women have had mastectomies. Yes. From breast cancer, or they've had their breasts removed because they had the BRCA gene or whatever, for whatever reason. Yep. Okay. There's different types of surgeries and, and all wow. that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I love doing eyebrows, lips, liner, and all that stuff. Those things are all great, especially when I have a case where somebody did have cancer before yes. and they and then I'm kind of like replacing what was lost. Right. So, so if they it, went through chemo, radiation, they've lost their hair on their eyebrows, for example. Yes. And I mean, that's nothing amazing. feels better than kind of giving somebody that confidence back yeah. again. And conf- I mean, not that we don't give that for the other services we do. Um, it's just, but, it's just heightened yes, when there's then, a real reason, not just beauty. And then with the areola tattooing, I mean, they've lost so much. And so I just felt like it was a great way to give back and also um, to replace their kind of... Their aesthetics. Yeah. Because I, I have friends that have gone through breast cancer and have had like the whole reconstruction and stuff like that. And then they don't have the nipple, right? So it's like they have the these mounds of like breast breast implants yes. and stuff like that, but they don't have that Wrapped nipple. That skin. Yeah. So they don't feel like it's a true breast, you know? It's like something's missing. Yeah. And they've already gone through a, tra- a traumatic event. Oh my God, yes. So... Yeah, I mean, just feeling this sense of gratitude towards them, too, that they allowed me to... Right, because that's so personal. Yeah. So personal. And so this is this is where I see myself doing a lot more of yeah, that. Yeah, and I, and I think that's your purpose. Like, But remember, everything is steps, right? So then you yes. had it, like, you went into aesthetics and you started doing the permanent makeup, and then you're like, holy shit, I can do this and, like, help all these women just gain that confidence back, feel sexy again. I mean, that's huge, Lace. you got to give yourself some fucking props for that. Thank you. And I know how much time it took for you to do that and learn it. But she showed me a picture of this one areola when we were in Portugal. And I, I my eyes filled up with tears because I was like, in my head, I'm saying to myself, like, how amazing this is such a fucking gift to give this woman after she's she's lost so much and had to sacrifice so much. And, and then on top of it being sick. I know. You know? Um, and they almost all of them like get teary eyed and like they get emotional because 
It's, it's incredible. It looks like a real nipple, which freaking is mind blowing to me. Because I was like, oh yeah, whatever. It's a tattoo. She showed me a picture. I was like, that's a real nipple. And she's like, no, no, no. I did this. This is like, I did this with a like, tattoo pen. I'm like, this is insane. You're just so fucking artistic and talented. Thank you. you I just, I truly love what I do. My my industry in general. I just love it. But I'm very excited to be doing this new service. So I am still taking models. If there's anybody who is um, knows somebody who has been through this and is looking for, even if they've had it done like years ago and it's faded, um, have them reach out because I'm... Yeah. I mean, there's so many women probably here that uh, have had either gone through that or know someone that's gone through that. So yeah, we'll, at the end of the show, we'll give you all the information to reach out to Lacey too. That's so freaking, I was going to ask you, where do you see yourself and Gem Beauty going forward? And and now it's kind of like with this permanent makeup with helping people. Yeah. And I want to continue to grow the team. I want, I like having diverse different types of people as artists in, um, in our space. I think it's great. Everybody's a little bit different background different personality types. It's, it's all worked out great. Um, so I want to continue with that and, you know, expanding my skills and definitely doing, definitely doing more of the paramedical. Yeah. I think it's just so freaking interesting. Um, what advice do you have from your point of view to other women out there who are, who are either in a job where they're not feeling purposeful and they desire to get into the service industry? Do you have any advice for them? Because you've already said so much, like you're like, you sacrifice so much to do what you did. Well, I think everybody kind of when they're in a certain place where they felt like they can't leave are waiting for the right time. And there's never really a right time. Amen, sister. You have to just do it, honestly. And I sometimes I think taking that step without even necessarily being ready makes you have to make it happen. Yes. So yes. I, I honestly think like taking the leap and not even thinking about the fall, like at all. And just going for it. I love that. I love that. And what about women who are in the service industry now that are maybe are like burnt out or they're just feeling like, is this really what I should, is this really what I wanted to do? Right. Well, I mean, like the cliche saying goes, you can't fill from an empty cup. So you have to, have to, have to find that balance. And I know it's tough when like you're booked out solid for months. Um, That's what was happening to me was I felt like I was um, booked out and I feel like I couldn't like back out of any of these arrangements, of course. So you have to just kind of plan out with that, maybe block off your schedule completely for the future and plan out those times where you're going to take care of yourself and what you want your new schedule to be like. You have to just, um, basically put an end somewhere and then restart kind of like, it's almost like rebranding yourself. Absolutely. It's reinvention Mm -hmm. really, because what you did yesterday doesn't mean you have to do it today. And I think that we get into that hypnotic rhythm, like, this is just who I am, and this is what people expect from me. And it's like, they really don't care. And when you are in that place where you're not, you haven't blocked off your schedule yet, and you're still kind of in this, like, daily grind and um, feeling a little bit overwhelmed, you have to, I guess, either start your day or end your day with something positive, something that's for you. Even if it's 20 minutes of literally just laying down and listening to a podcast yeah. or music or anything. Going Take a bath. Yeah. Yes. Anything. And start with those small things and then incrementally make them maybe an hour every day. You take that time for yourself. Right. Right. We call it in, and you know, because you've been working with me for a long time, ambituals. Like what are the things that you know are going to fill up your cup every day? You know, for me, it's like exercise, eating a certain way, getting my eight hours of sleep, right? Meditation, breath work, and just 
connecting with nature, like you were saying, like, I love to be outside. I love to run. You know, you don't have to do it. Maybe all of those things, but I've, I was so burnt out for so long that it's almost like I'm in like a rehab. <laughs> like I had to put myself in like yeah. post service provider rehab where it's like, no one's come to save me. No one gives a fuck. I mean, I hate to say it like that because you know, no one's like, Oh, I hope Lacey's okay. And hope Lacey's paying her bills and she's not burnt the fuck out. You know, like no one cares. At the end of the day, we have to advocate for ourselves. That's right. <laughs> God. So, oh my God. Any last parting words to all the ladies out there in a bitches land? This is such a great conversation. I know. I've loved it. Um, well, I guess, I mean, no matter what anybody tells you, because I didn't even talk about that. that my, oh, my, tell me. Let's dad, talk more. Hold my, on. Um, well, I don't want to say anything mean, but my parents, well, my, mostly my dad, he was like not on board with yes, me in the yes. aesthetics industry at yes. all. He was like, well, can you even make any money doing that? <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, motherfucker, I can. I know. So anyways, when there's anybody, if you feel like there's any doubters on the side of you, yes. you have to just block it out and go for it. So true. I mean, that's the biggest thing I can say is just go for it anyway. Don't you think so? Also, like, some of the, your biggest doubters and naysayers can be the people that are closest to you because they're afraid. They don't want you to fail. They don't want you to fall down. They don't want you to get hurt. Yes. It's not coming well, from a bad place. They're projecting their own either insecurities or um, their fears for you. They want the best for you. I don't think it comes from a bad place um, necessarily. It's just more like they wanted. They want the best for you. And sometimes when there's risk involved, which being an entrepreneur is full of risk. It's all risk. Yes. Um, I can see why. My dad would be like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know if I want that for you." I can see why parents would be like that, or people close to you. Yeah. But um, I think the belief in yourself, though, has to take power over that. What does your dad think about you now? Oh, they're they B- well, both your mom and your dad. Yeah, they're like they can't. They sometimes they can't believe it. They're like, "Wow." I mean, you're I, so I, fucking successful. And I did a lot of this alone in terms of like I had to. When I mean like block it out, like I didn't talk to them even for months at a time. Like I, I didn't want to hear because you're like I can't hear yes. the negativity. I didn't want any bit of it. Yes, and so I had to just kind of put my head down and work and just prove it. I'm so proud of you. This not like not such... necessarily proven to others, but proven it to myself. Like, yeah, this is this is what I said it was going to be. Right, right. And sometimes when you have all those people in your ears, like, what are you doing? This is crazy. What the fuck? Just get like a nine to five job where it's like 401k and the insurance and health. You know, it's like I don't want that, dude. Mm-hmm. That that there like my grandmother always say, there's a seat for every ass. Meaning there's people that if they didn't work in those jobs, we wouldn't have half the things in our own lives, right? Yeah. But that's just not for. We're the same. We can't do that Some shit. People are just. You know, there there is something meant for everybody. They're wired differently than mm-hmm. us. And we're trying to why we're trying to rewire ourselves to fit into the mold for other people to like love us, like our family and our friends and like our significant others and stuff. And it's like I get where they're coming from. Like my parents were the same way too. They were like, just go to school and do this and you know, get a safe job, the you know. Safe bet, the sure bet. Yeah, like Matt always says on the podcast when he's on, we talk about business stuff. He's like, his mom and dad were like, Matthew, just get a job at the post office. You just deliver the mail. You know, you have your little mail routes and you get your 401k and you get your insurance. And you get a pension. Give me a fucking, can you see Matt Babine in that little blue outfit (laughs) with his little mail bag walking house to house delivering fucking mail? No. Absolutely not. But it would have been a safe bet. It would have been a safe bet. And that's what his family wanted for him because that's what they had for themselves. They had that safety and security. But like, I just believe that the big, amazing parts of your life come from the riskiest, craziest shit. Like what you did. 
Without risk, there's no reward. Absolutely, hundred percent. It's true. Oh, so good. Where can people find you? Because I obviously I want anyone here who's interested in the areola tattoos to reach out with out to you, but also anyone that's interested in working with you and your team because you're amazing. Thank you. So we are located in Methuen, technically, but we're on like the Salem line. Yes. So we're in the the plaza right off ninety three, the Village Mall Plaza. Mm-hmm. So you can find us on our website, gembeautypmu.com. And we'll link um, our text line and yep. all that stuff. Awesome. We'll yeah. put everything in the show notes. What about your Insta? Yes. So I have my personal one, which is all my work, which is Lacey Michael Microblading. Mm-hmm. And then the Gem Beauty PMU is also everybody. So it's all of the girls that work for yes, you so and all their work. Little bits of everybody's work. So you can check out all that stuff because I know a lot of the stuff that you do, like the blush lips and the eyeliner and all that stuff, but I think it's really cool that you're now doing the saline tattoo removal, which I never even knew was a thing. I yeah. thought you could only ta- I thought you could only remove tattoos with, um, la- uh, what's it called? La- the, the lasers. Laser? I can't even say the word laser. Yeah, so I've been doing that for um, five years now. So it's basically, instead of, implanting pigment it's implanting a hypertonic really strong salt content solution Mm -hmm. that's obviously um you know regulated and all that stuff and it draws the pigment up to the surface of the skin so it comes out with the healing process like the scabbing how cool yeah is it Um, does it hurt like like laser does i mean it's it's not longer than laser so lasers like zap 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 yeah versus this is um you know, we numb you ahead of time, mm-hmm. but it still can be stingy. It's yeah. salt. You know? Yeah, of course. Um, and then it takes the seven or 14 days to heal. So there's like the pros and cons, but at the same time, it does take out a lot of more, lot more pigment faster. Wow. I didn't even, this is so cool. And the other thing too, that I thought was really awesome was that pro cell micro channeling. Mm-hmm. That's for people who have had like maybe ruddy skin from having cystic acne or scarring and th- scarring, stuff like that. Fine lines, texture issues. Wow. Um, I never even heard about this. For tightness. Too. Really? So it's similar to microneedling um, in the concept of causing microtrauma to the skin. Yes. Which induces that um, your body's react reaction to fix and repair. Yes. And so it does that, but it's a stamping method. And so the needles go directly in all the way. Whatever they say, say it's a 0.25 or a 0.5 depth or, or yes. not. There's more depths as well. Um, but they're going all the way in. So they're not scraping the top layer of the skin, the epidermal layer. They're they're stamping right into the um, epidermal dermal junction there. So cool. And so, but what's the benefit is that is that those channels close up in 90 minutes. Just, they're just little channels with, um, with the serums that we use. Yeah. And so there's no downtime. Wow. Really no downtime. That's amazing. And what did you do to my brows? Cause everyone asked, I did not get micro blading cause you I've got- had micro blading in the past. Yes. And so we did powder brows. Yes. And so you like more of a makeup you look. Yes, I do. And all of that. And plus, with the two different colors, like this was going to be the only thing that was going to cover it yes. properly, too, mm-hmm. because the two different colors plus microblading is meant to be spaced. So if I had done like that. Like hairs. Yes. You would have seen all that previous pigment spaced in. It wouldn't have been enough for you. Yes. Yes. So yes. that's the misconception with microblading is that it's for everybody. It's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember um, texting Lacey because I had, I had come home after I had my eyebrows done and I saw Matt and Matt was like, hi. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, 
what happened? And I was like, don't you remember me having this like years ago? And he's like, I don't, I don't remember. And there's a, um, <laughs> there's this picture of a chihuahua with like big black eyebrows drawn on. And Matt goes, you look like that chihuahua on TikTok. Oh and I was God. like, fuck you, buddy. And I had it's texted Lacey. First, and she's like, like three or four days are like, yeah, you look intense. crazy. But honestly, I, I trust you so much. I knew it was going to be fine. I think Matt was just like, I have to look at this for the rest of my life. Oh my God, shoot me. But then in a couple days, it was like beautiful and healed. And I love the way it looks. And I can't wait for my touch up in September. I'm pumped for it. Okay. You're so good at what you do. Thank you. This was such a good conversation. This so fun. Um, if you want to reach out to Lace, just go into the show notes. All of her information is there. She is absolutely incredible. I would not have had her on this podcast if I didn't trust her implicitly with all the things. And I'm so glad that you guys listened to this conversation. It was my pleasure. I hope that you had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you. You'll have to come back on again. Really now we're going to go live on the Ambitious app and we're gonna, Lacey's going to educate all the girls on the Ambitious app all about permanent makeup and everything that we just talked about in depth. So head on over to the Ambitious app and catch that live. If you don't catch it live, we always post those lives afterwards. You can watch them later on down the road. And if you haven't already signed up for the seven-day free trial of the Ambitious app, get on over there. The link is in the show notes. And in the meantime, don't forget to stay ambitious. And I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>